Greetings, people loved by God. Welcome to worship on this, the second Sunday of Christmas. Um, Happy New Year to you all, and Merry Christmas, of course, as we're still in the Christmas season. A reminder for those listening or watching online, uh, the bulletin for this service can be found on our website, chapelofthecross.org. And uh, you may also give your, give your offering to the Lord and his church there under the Give tab uh, on the home page. Just a couple of announcements before we begin worship. Uh, please join together with your church family as we worship our God on the Festival of the Epiphany. That's this Thursday evening, January 6th. We'll worship at 6.30 p.m. And as part of that Epiphany celebration, we'll be sharing the Lord's Supper together. Uh, And if you have not yet picked up your copy of 30 Days in God's Word, make sure you do that today. That's available at uh, at the bookstore for $5. If you don't have $5 today, um, go ahead and just uh, pick one up. Uh, Bring $5 later and and, uh, start start reading that. Encourage all members to join that month-long study of God's Word. God's blessings to you as we worship this day. We begin by singing together our entrance hymn, O Word of God Incarnate, Hymn 523, or it's printed for you in your bulletin on page 2. We stand to sing.
In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sins, God, who is faithful and just, will forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Let us then confess our sins to God our Father. Most merciful God, we confess that we are by nature sinful and unclean. We have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. We justly deserve your present and eternal punishment. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us, forgive us, renew us, and lead us, so that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways to the glory of your holy name. Amen. Almighty God, in his mercy, has given his Son to die for you, and for his sake forgives you all of your sins. As a called and ordained servant of Christ and by his authority, I therefore forgive you all of your sins. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Lord be with you. Let us pray. Almighty God, you have poured into our hearts the true light of your incarnate word. Grant that this light may shine forth in our lives. Through the same Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. You may be seated. The epistle this morning from the second, for the second Sunday after Christmas is from the Old Testament uh, third chapter of 1 Kings, 
talking about King Solomon. The king went to Gibeon to offer sacrifices, for this was the most important high place, and Solomon offered a thousand burnt offerings on that altar. At Gibeon, the Lord appeared to Solomon during the night in a dream, and God said, Ask for whatever you want me to give to you. Solomon answered, You have shown great kindness to your servant, my father David, because he was faithful to you and righteous and upright in heart. You have continued this great kindness to him and have given him a son to sit on the throne this very day. Now, O Lord my God, you have made your servant king in place of my father David, but I am only a little child and do not know how to carry out my duties. Your servant is here among the people you have chosen, a great people, too numerous to count our number. So give your servant discerning, a discerning heart to govern your people and to distinguish between right and wrong. For who is able to govern this great people of yours? The Lord was pleased that Solomon had asked for this. So God said to him, Since you have asked for this and not for long life or wealth for yourself, nor have you asked for the death of your enemies, but for discernment in administering justice, I will do what you have asked. I will give you a wise and discerning heart, so that there will never have anyone like you, nor will there ever be. Moreover, I will give you what you have not asked for, both riches and honor, so that in your lifetime you will have no equal among kings. And if you walk in my ways and obey my statutes and commands as David your father did, I will give you a long life. This Sol then Solomon awoke, and he realized it had been a dream. He returned to Jerusalem, stood before the Ark of the Lord's Covenant, and sacrificed burnt offerings and fellowship offerings. Then he gave a feast for all his court. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks, Thanks be to God. God. We speak responsibly a portion of Psalm 119. Oh, how I love your law. I meditate on it all day long. Your commands make me wiser than my enemies, for they are ever with me. I have more insight than all my teachers, for I meditate on your statutes. I have more understanding than the elders, for I obey your precepts. I have kept my feet from every evil path, so that I might obey your word. I have not departed from your laws, for you yourself have taught me. How sweet are your words to my taste, sweeter than honey to my mouth. I gain understanding from your precepts, therefore I hate every wrong path. The epistle reading for today is from the first chapter of Ephesians. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in this heavenly realm with every spiritual blessing in Christ. For he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. In the love he predestined us to be adopted as his sons through Jesus Christ in accordance with his pleasure and will to the praise of his glorious grace, which he has freely given us in the one he loves. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, 
in accordance with the riches of God's grace that he lavished on us with all wisdom and understanding. And he made us, and he made known to us the mystery of his will according to his good pleasure, which he proposed in Christ to be put into effect when the times will have reached their fulfillment, to bring all things in heaven and on earth together under one head, even Christ. In him we were also chosen, having been predestined according to the plan of him who works out everything in conformity with the purpose of his will, in order that we, who were the first in, to hope in Christ, might be the praise of his glory. And you also were included in Christ when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation. Having believed, you were marked in him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit, who is in a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possession to the praise of his glory. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks, Thanks be to God. God. of our God revealed in all the universe all things created by his hand and held together at his command he knows the mysteries of the seas the secrets of the stars are his. He guides the planets on their way and turns the earth through another of his ways that mark the path of righteousness. His word a lamp unto my feet, his spirit teaching and guiding me. should suffer for the lost, so that the fool might shame the wise, and all the glory might go to Love, 
and teach me humbly to receive the sun and rain of your sovereignty. Each strand of sorrow has a place within this tapestry of grace. So through the trials I choose to say your perfect will in your perfect way. Each strand of sorrow We stand. The Holy Gospel according to St. Luke, the second chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. And the child Jesus grew and became strong. He was filled with wisdom, and the grace of God was upon him. Every year his parents went to Jerusalem for the feast of the Passover. When he was 12 years old, they went up to the feast according to the custom. After the feast was over, while his parents were returning home, the boy Jesus stayed behind in Jerusalem, but they were unaware of it. Thinking he was in their company, they traveled on for a day. Then they began looking for him among their relatives and friends. When they did not find him, they went back to Jerusalem to look for him. After three days, they found him in the temple courts, sitting among the teachers, listening to them and asking them questions. Everyone who heard him was amazed at his understanding and his answers. When his parents saw him, they were astonished. His mother said to him, Son, why have you treated us like this? Your father and I have been anxiously searching for you. Why were you searching for me? He asked. Didn't you know that I had to be in my father's house? But they did not understand what he was saying to them. Then he went down to Nazareth with them and was obedient to them. But his mother treasured all these things in her heart. And Jesus grew in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and men. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. You may be seated.
may be seated. So for, day, for today, I wanted to focus mostly on the Old Testament reading, but there's something that I think is interesting about the Gospel reading. We know the story, it was read for us, but uh, you know, there's also the unspoken story of what the other parents, the other adults were thinking. You know, so when they found out that Jesus was missing, surely the other parents, they were, you know, concerned. They were, they were showing sympathy for Mary and Joseph. And they probably helped look for Jesus as well. But you know how humans are. We're, we're, we're some of them. We like to gossip when things go wrong. And you, you, you are probably pretty sure that once Mary and Joseph got out of earshot or maybe behind their back, that's when the gossiping would have started. You know, they would have been like, oh, I can't believe Joseph and Mary. They would just let their son wander off like this. They have not raised him the way they should have. Little did they know. Well, I have to admit I'm a little guilty of that gossiping too, especially when it comes to children. Uh, this last uh, trip that my uh, wife and I made for the holidays, we were on an airplane, and there was one of those children that was behind us. This kid would complain about every single thing his mom would ask him to do, and even when she told him he had to do things for the safety of the flight, he would still say no. And then during the entire flight, he was begging for his iPad. Well, it's not even his, it was his mom's, and she told him no. There are a lot of Fourth Commandment problems that were going on. My wife and I, we, uh, on the outside, we were quiet, we didn't say anything, but then in hushed tones to each other, yeah, we were talking about how this kid who was kicking the backs of our seats the entire flight, he just wasn't raised to be wise, was he? Well, okay, we don't really say wise, but I am trying to deliberately connect to the writing, or the readings that we had today. Because those readings are about wisdom. We have the case of Jesus, who in his immense wisdom at 12 was in his father's house teaching the teachers, giving amazing answers, and yet that was not seen. When his mother and father came to find him, they just wanted him to obey. And then we have, on the other hand, we have Solomon, who is known for his wisdom. That's his thing. He's Solomon the wise, and yet, even though it might not be obvious, when it said that he was going to the high places to sacrifice, that was him acting pretty unwise. Solomon's youth was full of a lot more things that we would consider unwise. If you read the first two chapters of 1 Kings, it reads like you're going about a Roman emperor. It's that bad. When his father, King David, was almost to the point of death, 
you have Solomon's older brother raise himself up as king and declare that he is the new king of Israel, and he has a few supporters that are calling him the king. Well, we read from the Bible that God promised the throne to Solomon, so what Solomon's got to do, he's got to do. But God did not say that what Solomon did was the right thing to do. He did not ordain Solomon in his actions to get the throne back. You see, this was a time when there was a prophet that was involved with political manipulation. Brothers were trying to betray themselves, or not themselves, each other. And you had Solomon making deadly ultimatums and even executing important political figures so that he would gain the throne. These are not things that we would say are wise according to God. There might be some humans, some men who would say, you know, he was very shrewd. He did what he had to to get the throne. He showed a lot of wisdom beyond his years to eliminate the competition. Well, that's human wisdom for you. It's never compatible with wisdom that is pleasing to God. It's never been compatible. You go all the way back to Adam and Eve. God made them perfectly. He gave them a simple rule. And Adam and Eve, they said, you know, I think we can make ourselves a little bit better. That tree of knowledge of good and evil, God's keeping that away from us. But if we can get it, we'll be better. Where, where did that leave them? Where did that leave the world? It's now a broken and fallen place. And ironically, there has never been any humans more perfectly made than Adam and Eve. Humans have been trying to figure out God for our entire history. It's never worked. Whenever we try to apply human reason to God, it always fails. And so we are left completely baffled as to how do we raise someone who used to be unwise and make them wise? How does Solomon go from an unwise child to a wise king? How do we bring in new church members who are unwise with their faith and bring them up to be wise disciples. We certainly don't try to parent like David did. He was the one who gave Solomon all the ideas. Solomon was following David's wisdom, and that's a joke because that is not pleasing to God. Solomon was not honoring God by executing people in his kingdom. He was trying to instill fear and eliminate competition, not wisdom that's pleasing to God. And we know that there is wisdom pleasing to God because we read about it. When Solomon answered, God was pleased. So somehow Solomon went from this unwise child to being able to 
answer God in a wise way. Let's do a deep dive into what that answer is, because we've got to figure out what's going on. How do we go from unwise to wise? The first thing that Solomon answered was he wanted to acknowledge that God had blessed him and that it was only by grace that he and his father had become kings of Israel. Verse 6 says, Solomon answered, You have shown great kindness to your servant, my father David, because he was faithful to you and righteous and upright in heart. You have continued this great kindness in him and have given him a son to sit on his throne this very day. Solomon knew that he was not in charge of putting himself on the throne. It was a blessing from God. The next thing that he answers to God is where he shows that he wants to humble himself below God's will for him. There are so many kings around the time of Solomon that they were, I have the right to rule. And Solomon, the way he answers, Now, O Lord my God, you have made your servant king in place of my father David. But I am only a little child and do not know how to carry out my duties. Solomon knows that he has only been placed here by God and only by following God's will will he be a successful king. Then Solomon is showing that he is taking no claim for control of what he will do as king. He says, Your servant is here among your people you have chosen, a great people, too numerous to count or number. He knows that he has been chosen, that he has been placed in position. He is not the one who is in control. And finally, he tells God that he wants to serve his will. He says, So give your servant a discerning heart to govern your people and distinguish between right and wrong. For who is able to govern this great people of yours? Solomon is not trying to do his own thing as king. The reason he's asking for wisdom is so that he can better serve God in the position that he's been placed. I'm going to emphasize two parts of that verse. He asked for an understanding mind to govern your people. Solomon knows that he is being put there as king for a reason. God has placed him there not to increase his own wealth, but Solomon knows that he is there for God's people. And then he says that he wants that wisdom so that he may discern between good and evil. Well, we as Christians, we confess and this is based on many verses throughout the Bible, we confess that leaders and rulers, they are raised up by God so that they may provide peace and order. Now we know that there are many leaders who fail at this, and some who fail miserably. But the ones who are following God's will for them they strive for that peace and order. 
And that is what Solomon wants his wisdom for, not for his self-gain, but so that he may better serve in the position that God put him. You can say that Solomon has given us a master class on how to become wise. We follow God's will for what he wants us to do. So can we answer the question, how do we go from unwise to wise? We just have to be like Solomon. Because that should be easy, right? Be like the wisest man in history? Well, yes and no. The reason I say yes is because God has given us the faith to follow his will, to put his word in front of our lives, to accept what he wants for us, and to live it. God has given us that faith. It started in baptism for us. And he strengthens that in so many rich and gracious ways. So we do have the faith to follow God's will like Solomon did. But we should not live like Solomon for two reasons. One of them, Solomon was a sinful human just like the rest of us. Later in life, he abandoned the blessing of his wisdom. He started to pursue pleasure. He had many wives, and they led him away from worshiping God, and they led him into idolatry. He mistreated his blessings, and he, forsake, and he forsook his calling to be God's leader. And at his death, the kingdom was split in two. So we don't want to follow that example. But the more important reason we don't want to be like Solomon is there is someone much better than him as an example. That is Jesus. We read about it. Jesus is the perfect example of how to be wise, to follow God's will for our life. Now, I'm not going to tell you, be like Jesus the God, because that's impossible. Cannot do that. But I will encourage you to be like Jesus the man. Jesus the man made his whole life about following God's will for him. Think about it. When he was 12, he was as Jesus the God with his holy father in the temple, within the word of God, teaching the teachers. But God's will for him was that he grow up as a child, like you and me. And part of that means you obey your parents. And so Jesus obeyed Joseph and Mary. Then when he becomes an adult and is baptized, think about it. Does Jesus the God need to be baptized? Does he get any special faith that he didn't have previously? Jesus the God does not need to be baptized. But Jesus as a man, he follows God's will that all of mankind will be baptized and brought into faith. And so... That's what Jesus did. When Jesus is in his ministry and he is going over the prophecies with the teachers and the scribes, Jesus as God, that had to have been laughable. He was the author of those prophecies. 
But Jesus, as a man, was following God's will that he reveal the truth of those prophecies, that he reveal who God is for us. And so that's what he did. On the cross, Jesus, as God, was the only and perfect atoning sacrifice. But did Jesus, as a man, want to die? In the garden, when Jesus was sweating and crying as if he was bleeding because he was praying to God to take away the cup of wrath, we find out that Jesus, as man, did not want to die. But he was obedient to God. He humbled himself and was obedient even unto death on a cross. So we cannot be as perfect as Jesus the man, but we can follow God's will with the faith that he gives us. So now, do we have the answer? How do we go from unwise to wise? How do we take an unwise child and become a wise youth? How do we take a new church member and bring them into the family of God? Yeah, we do. We live where God's will is leading us in everything we do. We have a hard time doing this ourselves, though, because it's God who gives us the faith to do it. But there is something very important that we can do. God is the one who does the work, but we are the ones that show how that is going on in our lives. God gives us the faith to be able to follow his will, but we live in a way that shows how that looks. That's how Solomon got his faith, got his wisdom from his father, David. David was not particularly wise as far as humans are concerned. He sinned. He was not perfect, but he did walk in the ways of the Lord. That's how he lived God's will in his life. That's what Solomon learned. Everyone who is here, you are here because someone, a parent, another trusted adult, a friend, they showed you how to live with God's will leading you in life. That's what we can do to those who come after us. That's what we can do to those who want to become part of the church. We show them how. We don't give them the faith. That is God. But God works through us to show them how we live a wise life. And when we live a wise life of following God's will, we get the benefits of his blessings because his will for us is good. And as we get the blessings, we are able to show how it's a circle of everything that is wonderful and great, and God is doing all this for us. And does it seem too good to be true? Yeah, because we're using our human wisdom. And God makes foolish the wisdom of the wise. So all we have left all we have left to do is just to live with God's will leading our lives.
Do it because that's what makes us wise, and do it because that's how we can show others how to live their lives in wisdom. Live with God's will in your life, especially because he gives us the faith to be able to do so. Amen. We stand as together we confess our faith in the words of the Apostles' Creed, page 11 in your bulletin. Together we confess. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. You may be seated as we gather our offering to the Lord. We stand for prayer. Let us pray for the whole people of God in Christ Jesus and for all people according to their needs. Lord, as we bring our prayers to you at the beginning of this new year, we give you thanks and praise for your presence in each and every day of our lives. And we ask your blessing upon us. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Heavenly Father, hear us as we bring to you our concerns for the whole world. May, the coming of, may this coming year be marked with peace and goodwill among all nations. 
Give the blessing of your peace to a world at war and bring calm amid the violent areas of the world. Especially make your presence known to those who serve our nation in the armed forces. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Lord of all power and love, build up your church in strength so that the good news of your salvation in Jesus may be spread far and wide. Help us to proclaim the news of his love to everyone in every place that all may be your children in Christ. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. According to your will, Lord, we pray for our congregation that we may seek to fulfill your ministry among us and through us. Bless our work in your kingdom and encourage us to know that our labor for the Lord is never in vain. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Lord God, we give you great thanks for the opportunities for Christian education that you have given to us. We especially thank you for Lutheran North High School and Middle School, for our elementary and preschools, for our colleges and universities, and for our seminaries. Continue to bless these institutions as they not only educate our children and young men and women, but also as they share the wonderful story of the Savior. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Lord of all grace, we ask you to touch the sick with peace and hope. Give to the troubled and the dying the strength to be faithful unto death, that they may receive the crown of everlasting life. This day we ask your special blessings be given to those who are struggling with illness and infirmity, including Walter Kampfeiner, Jim Crozier and Kathy Crozier, Lisa Grady, Dan Stevens, and Pastor Jim Marriott and his family. Heavenly Father, according to your great mercy, grant them healing, peace, and joy. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Hear our prayers of God for all who have seen signs of your grace and your favor. Today, we especially give thanks and praise with Felice Chapman, who celebrates her birthday this Friday. Continue to lead, to guide, and to bless all of us as we receive your gifts of love and grace. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Into your hands, O Lord, we commend ourselves and all for whom we pray, trusting in your mercy through your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Lord, remember us in your kingdom and teach us ever to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. May the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord look upon you with favor and give you his peace. Amen. Remain standing as we sing our recessional hymn together, God of Grace and God of Glory. Mm -hmm. 